What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Smarterpodcasts.com Delivering sound advice. (laughs) 60 is the new 40 and 30 the new 21. It seems that even for dogs, we're adjusting our expectations of the aging process and what we can do well beyond what previous generations ever anticipated. To wit, the winner of this year's Westminster Kennel Club show clocked in at the ripe old age of 10, which is, of course, 70 in dog years. Hi, I'm Joanne Green, and welcome to the Good Dog Podcast, where today's guest is Ted Kirasoti, author of Merle's Door, Lessons from a Free-Thinking Dog, and Out There and the forthcoming Why Dogs Die Young and What We Can Do About It. Welcome, Ted. Thanks for having me, Joanne. Absolutely. So is Stump, the 10-year-old Sussex Spaniel who won Best in Show at Woodminster, a poster dog for the very thing that you're promoting, that working a dog physically and mentally can keep him young? That's one thing that not only I am promoting, but lots of other uh, writers of dogs, dog trainers, and much of the latest brain research has shown that whether you're a dog or a human, if you're engaged in mentally active work and you keep yourself fit through exercise, you can keep learning. There's no limit on it. You can keep learning for as long as you're alive. This is good news for all of us who uh, cherish our mental abilities and want to stay productive into our old ages. But what I think is even more significant about Stump's win is that I, the age of uh, dogs, the average lifespan of dogs, has been shifted downward by more and more dogs dying younger, particularly of cancer. The reason for this that some vets have identified is too many vaccinations that we give our dogs annually, which challenges their immune systems, the bad dog food that we feed them, the environmental pollutants that they constantly vacuum up through their noses and licking their paws, either from outside as well as in the home, and inbreeding. Lots of our dog breeds now have too few founder parents, and those genes are coming back to bite the dog population. You can see it particularly in Golden Retrievers, uh, one of the most popular dogs in the United States, um, of which 70% 
die of cancer each year. We'll take those one at a time, but before we even get into that, I want to ask you about the way that we think we're doing our dogs a favor when, for instance, as dogs begin to age, they have arthritis, they seem to slow down a little bit. So is it that most pet owners just kind of allow their dogs to lie around and do nothing all day, thinking that we're doing them a favor? You have to understand that we've become a very urban, suburban population, and most of us have to work eight, nine hours a day. Given the commute, we're sometimes gone from our homes 10 hours a day. We still want to have our dogs, but these dogs are increasingly incarcerated in apartments or in fenced backyards. Genetically, dogs are still wolves, even if they're tiny Pekingese, uh, right up to Great Danes. They're still genetically wolves. Their DNA is exactly the same as those gray wolves that are running outside my house here in Grand Teton uh, National Park. So, so the point is they want to hunt. They not, they not only do they want to hunt, but they want to roam. A wolf's life is built on roaming, on exercising, on not lying around. Um, and so we've taken an animal who genetically wants to roam, and this is particularly true of the larger breeds like the retrievers, um, dogs like Newfoundlands, um, all the working dogs like Border Collies and Australian Shepherds, and we lock them up. Uh, this not only is bad for their health, but mentally it's just the death knell for most of them, and we see so much neurotic behavior in dogs these days because we've taken breeds who are designed to be out there working eight hours a day and who have to sit on a couch and watch or watch the world pass by through a window. So they're bored and depressed. They're bored out of their minds and depressed, exactly. Okay, and throwing a little toy around the room isn't enough for them. <laughs> Can you imagine if you're a border collie who's genetically programmed to herd sheep for eight hours a day and you give it a little squeaky toy? Um, <laughs> Better than nothing, but no substitute. No, it's like taking someone who's a physicist and uh, saying, okay, you can do tic-tac-toe for the next eight hours. So there are some breeds probably that, um, you know, while they're not necessarily suited to this sort of sedentary behavior, it won't be as much of a departure for them as it would for some of these other breeds. This is true. And uh, many of the lap dogs, these dogs who are, you know, say between 2 and 10 pounds, quite tiny dogs um, with short legs, uh, yes, they're not going to be out there running after bunny rabbits or chasing down Oh, elk. you've never seen little Lulu chasing a squirrel. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I knew I was going to stick my foot in But I mouth. am. No, but it's okay because you are appeasing my guilt just somewhat. <laughs> While she gets out a couple times a day and goes on some major hikes on the weekend, she does spend a fair amount of time right here beside me on the couch and, and uh, not looking overly happy doing it now that you mention it. Mm-hmm. Um. Sure. She, I bet you, given what you've said, she would prefer to be outside roaming about and exploring. The other thing we have to remember is that dogs learn their world through their noses. Just the way we read, dogs read the books of their world um, by sniffing. And it's what interests them, and it what 
and it's what gives them a greater education and a greater experiential reach, if you will. And so if you keep a dog in the house or confined to a fenced yard its whole life, it's as if you've uh, stymied it at, say, the eighth or ninth grade. You haven't let it go to high school or college, um, which dogs who get to roam a lot um, and explore the world, they learn more sense. They get to read what other dogs are doing. They get to read what wildlife is doing. They get to read what other people are doing through their noses. Makes perfect sense. Though, if we live in urban areas, we have to keep them on leashes, right? Not totally. Uh, Virtually every urban place that I've been to on my Merle's Door book tour had some municipal park or a beach or a woodlands where it was legally allowed to take a dog off-leash. And I can remember being in Prospect Park in New York City where they had the mile-long meadow, which is literally a mile long, and there were hundreds of dogs cavorting around there and playing all of them off-leash. I also remember the uh, beach at Del Mar uh, in Southern California where I saw about 55 dogs playing in the surf, running up and down the beach, all all off-leash. And so, yes... Dogs, because of leash laws, need to be on leashes in most places in these cities, but there are the opportunities to let them off leashes and um, allow them to be dogs. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's jump back to what you were saying earlier about some of the reasons that you and others have cited for why dogs' lifespans generally are getting shorter and shorter. The first thing you mentioned, I think, was commercially prepared dog foods. What is it that's in there that is causing our dogs harm from your perspective, and what should we be feeding our dogs? The low-end dog foods have lots of grain in them, wheat, corn, soy, oats, which a carnivore like a dog was never designed to eat. Uh, Remember I mentioned that dogs genetically are wolves. Well, wolves in the wild, 2% of their diet might be vegetation, and that's grass that they eat, not grain. The reason that dogs eat so much grain is that when the agricultural industry decided to start using some of its byproducts uh, in pet food in the 1950s, one of the ways to make those kibble-sized bites was, and, and make them stick together was to use a lot of grain. The marketing at that time was 
don't feed your dog table scraps. Use this scientifically formulated dog food, which is so much better for your dog. Well, wolves and other wild canids never eat grain in the wild. <laughs> they eat meat and they eat organ meat. And therefore, feeding a dog a commercial kibble that's as much as 50 to 60% grain is playing havoc with its system, which was designed to eat meat. This is the reason why a lot of the high-end kibbles um, have gone to uh, grain-free preparations. Um, and one of the reasons that those have come on the market just recently is that the process to create those kibble-sized bites was only invented in the last decade to make those stick together and use more meat and less grain. It's also why there's been such a popularity of raw food diets that are made up of meat, crushed bone, organ meat, and a little bit of vegetable. And they're usually sold in frozen uh, plastic wrappers, the way you buy hamburger meat in a grocery store. And dogs love them. I mean, you put out kibble and you put out one of those raw food diets and um, <laughs> you can see which one the dog prefers. Let's talk yeah. about, about inbreeding for a minute. Would you say, in general, um, mutts uh, are healthier than purebred dogs? Uh, if you look at the statistics, mutts live a little bit longer. Mixed breed dogs live a little bit longer, about a year longer on average than purebred dogs. And the reason for this is they're probably genetically more resilient. However, you can find purebred dogs who live quite a long time. And one of the ways to do that is to look at the longevity of the, the parents and the grandparents and the great-grandparents of the pup you want to get. And you can see that if the grandparents and great-grandparents have been living 14, 15 years, the probability is that your pup will have those genetically resilient um, um, attributes and also live that long. If you see that its ancestors were all dying at 9 and 10 years old, then you might want to look someplace else for your pup. Ted, I've only had small dogs. I think the largest dog I had was about 22 pounds. And in general, they tend to live longer. Um, our first dog lived 17 years, and he would have lived longer, but we made the choice to put him out of his misery. He was in a lot of pain, and it wasn't going anywhere good. So I'm wondering, is that generally true that small dogs live longer? And if so, why? Absolutely. If you want the longest-lived dog, get a miniature poodle, a Lhasa Upso. Um, those small breeds <clears throat> tend to live longer. One reason is that they have fewer arthritic problems uh, than large bone dogs. Uh, one of the research avenues that I'm following in my new book, Why Dogs Die Young and What We Can Do About It, is why do small dogs uh, live longer? And no one really knows yet. It might have to do with the way they uh, process um, insulin growth hormone. And a lot of this research is brand new. Uh, it's not really known yet, but the fact of the matter is that if you want your dog to live into its 20s, choose a small dog. 20s, really? 
Wow. Yeah, early 20s. Amazing. Let's talk for a minute about um, uh, immunizations and vaccinations. Uh, I think most of us hire a vet with whom we feel comfortable, and then we do what he or she says. You're saying, actually, that we may be over uh, inoculating or immunizing our pets. Yes. And the the evidence for this has, has steadily becoming incontrovertible. The reason that annual vaccinations have been recommended is that back in the 1950s, when canine vaccinations came on board, the people who created them looked at their efficacy. And it was found that some of the vaccines would work, some wouldn't, some dogs would get immunity for their whole lives, others would only get it for a year. And so as a blanket recommendation to protect all dogs, they recommended annual vaccination. However, as the vaccines have improved, what we have found is that most of the time, most dogs will get lifetime immunity from one set of vaccinations. The other annual vaccines, which we've come to see as what we should do to protect our dogs, not only are unnecessary, but they challenge the immune system each year, and more and more dogs are seen to have adverse reactions from these, everything from seizures to uh, GI problems to um, compromised immune systems and eventually cancer. And yet, so, in order to get licenses for our dogs in many cities, we have to prove that they are vaccinated. Yes, and right now at Duke University, there's a test, a rabies challenge study being done as we speak, and what it is doing under very controlled conditions is having two sets of beagles, um, kept in perfectly sterile conditions, one set of which got one rabies vaccine, the other that did not. And at the end of seven years, they're going to be challenged with live rabies virus. This is to prove that the rabies vaccine lasts at least seven years. M- many vac- veterinarians believe that it lasts for a lifetime. Therefore, once this study is completed, the data will be published, and it is hoped that uh, by lobbying municipalities around the United States, we will no longer have to vaccinate our dogs every single year, but only once as puppies, and not submit them to this um, insult, if you will, on an annual basis. Which isn't cheap either for those of us uh, living on more challenging income uh, levels right now. So when do you think, uh, well, two questions. One, when do you think that research will be completed and we can expect to see some changes? And secondly, five years from now. Five years, okay. And then hopefully much sooner, your book will be completed and on shelves. So when, yeah. when can we look to see um, why dogs die young and what we can do about it? 2011. That's not too bad. Not too bad. One also needs to remember that there will, are a lot of places now, increasingly, that will accept a titer um, instead of a rabies vaccine. So you take your dog to the vet. It's been vaccinated once as a puppy. Its three-year vaccination is coming up. Lots of places accept three-year vaccinations. And you say, I don't want to give my dog another rabies vaccine. 
could you titer its blood? So the vet takes a blood sample and sees if there are rabies antibodies in the bloodstream. Very often, there are many dozen times the immunity that is needed for the dog to be protected against rabies. And increasingly, more and more places will accept that study as saying, this dog can't get rabies. Fascinating. I want to thank you so much for all these insights, Ted. It was really a pleasure speaking with you. You're very welcome, and thank you for having me on your show, Joanne. Certainly. Ted Carasotti is the author of Merle's Door, Lessons from a Free-Thinking Dog, and Why Dogs Die Young, and What We Can Do About It. I'm Joanne Green. Joanne Green.